0: The year is 2005. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. I'm Charlotte. And this is House of Marvelous
1: Year. Oh, boy. I heard the hesitation.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) welcome to my marvelous year the comic book reading club where we go through the best of marvel comics from its origins to today i'm zach comic book master Mm -hmm, that's correct and uh we are in 2006 we're gonna be reading some excalibur and some other stuff this episode um (laughs) i got big news for both my co-hosts they hadn't noticed it they probably haven't noticed anything change but we are all now living in the house of Z or oh. Charlotte, the House of Zed for you. Um you. wait, does the French say Zed? Is that just a British thing? I don't yeah, know. Yeah,
1: we say we say Zed.
2: Okay. House of Zed for you. House of Z for re- regular people. Um regular people. And uh yeah, look around, see if you notice anything different because changes are about to come, Dave, Charlotte. Do you see anything different? Okay. I woke up is. this morning, oh. Zach,
0: mm-hmm. and uh my three children no longer interested in Pokemon no longer interested in dinosaurs all they yep. wanted to do was dissect rats all oh. they wanted to do today this morning it's <laughs> unrelated that's was... unrelated to what,
2: what i've done but uh, what that's do you mean cool I you mean, don't dissect not... rats for a living no i didn't uh... <laughs> no i didn't i didn't make that happen have you noticed you know your stomach starting to swell a little bit you're feeling a little nausea in the morning both of you <laughs> am i pregnant nipples are sore yeah, that yeah, that's that right. I've
0: noticed for several days, yes.
2: Both of you are now pregnant with little Zacks. Oh, my Marvelous Year 2024 what? pivot is that <laughs> both of you are going to carry uh, Clones of Me to term. Oh my goodness. Year on my Marvelous are we
0: doing year. Avengers 200 again? Did you read this comic <laughs> with us? I'm so confused. What I'm, I'm confused. I'm <laughs> I, nauseous. I don't
1: get a reference either. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think I'm nauseous for the reference now. Did they
2: not read enough Excadaba? House of It. Ed- oh, we we're supposed to read House of It. Ed- I watched Junior with Arnold Schwarzenegger instead. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I- it all got jumbled up in my head last night. But yeah. anyway, um, I just thought it would be a-, a gratifying experience for both of you to give I'll birth tell you to what,
0: me. I'll tell you what, Zach, the My Moral This Year experience has been so positive where we've gone through mm-hmm. the moral, the history of Marvel Comics from its origins to today that I would, in fact, carry a clone of you to term. That's how much I respect you.
1: Thank you, Charlotte. Yeah, let's get into the podcast. <laughs> That's not the episode.
2: <laughs> uh, we just hear Charlotte throwing herself
0: down a set of stairs. <laughs> like Much like Wolverine, when he realizes what's happening on the shield carrier, Charlotte just launched herself.
2: <laughs> this is the only possible recourse <laughs> for what's happening here. Um, yeah, it's definitely... We're, we're getting into... Uh... You know, 2024 is the year. My Marvels here really leans into to fetish stuff. So, uh, <laughs> that's if you a thought if you thought we
0: were holding back on fetish stuff before, mm-hmm. yeah, you know? exactly. just
1: you wait, <clears throat> just you wait. I don't know what that. I song mean, is. speaking of war, uh, <laughs> <we? laughs> No, ultimate. Which year is ultimatum? Because uh, are not we getting to the ultimatum years? That's that's pretty. Oh yeah, I guess so. Right now, Eden going on. Oh, just on. A um, nine. No, we're still yeah. three years <laughs> away.
0: Okay, way. we
2: we're covering House of. Um, We read one issue of Excalibur. Uh, We're going to talk about that in a second, but before that, if you want to support our show, reviews on Apple Podcasts and Patreon.com, or money on Patreon.com, get all kinds of cool stuff there, access to the Slack, access to our master spreadsheet, which also includes the full list of Convincible, our side show that we're doing right now for the next, should be six months, covering all of Invincible. Um, That spreadsheet also has everything that Charlotte and I are doing on our monthly bonus show, Extra Issues. Which we are just finishing up now on the Patreon. Um, we finished up our Fantagraphics series, and now we're moving into covering the manga, oh the manga Berserk, and then we're going to do some Jeff Smith. Uh, I'm going to need you to start. I'm
0: going to need you both to start paying for advertising on my Marvelous Year.
2: Oh, I mean that's we the Patreon is fully funded by Extra Issues fans, so uh, <laughs> you should be <laughs> paying us. Extra uh, anyway, so that, is that's great all going on over there. Yeah. Extra
0: Issues is the show that i wish we were doing right now right <laughs> talking, <laughs> oh, okay. talking oh, wow. good comics with zach and charlotte except you know what basically this is extra issues because we're talking good comics today baby
2: Whoa, Excalibur I was right number
0: 14 and house of m at least for a time all right charlotte zach had either what's what's that your house of m status read it hadn't read it didn't remember it where where were you at had not had not and i knew no more mutants. Uh that's... spoilers spoilers may follow.
2: Yeah, of that's course. Interested. But like i i knew that because like that you know just kind of enters the water for x-men and mutants from now on, right? Like hawksbox mm-hmm. talks about that that like scarlet witch wiped out a ton of mutants. But i and then i kind of knew it was an alternate universe thing. I had no idea how from where we left off with Avengers Disassembled how we were going to get to Scarlet Witch deciding to destroy you know the majority of mutants um i still don't <laughs> that's that's something we're gonna talk about i uh i still don't really know how logically we jumped from <laughs> there to here uh-huh, uh yeah i don't i don't hate it though but i don't quite get it either charlotte
1: uh, yeah i've read housewim several times several. Um, uh, i mean we're getting into the the era of events that like I've read when getting into comics, like yeah. almost ten years ago now. Yeah. Um. So like most of those House of M, Secret Invasion, uh, Siege, those kind of events, I've read like several times. But it's been a while, right? Like it's probably been I don't know six to seven years since I've read House of M. Um. But like I know what happens in it. I I know the story. I know. I know the Wikipedia article, right? Um, but, like, I I hadn't read it with, like, a more experienced reader uh, kind of point of view. Um, so, yeah, it was interesting to... And also with, like, the context of everything going on before and, like, the history of these, of these characters, right? Like, last time I read it, it was more on its own, right? Standing alone, not really understanding what it means for, like, X-Men, for Avengers, for, like, the rest of the Marvel Universe, which is, like... I think most of what's interesting about it is, like, its, it's importance in Marvel comics more than, like, the story itself. Uh, but we can talk about that. But, yeah, I, I read it uh, more than once. And very- did
0: either of you do the full – did either of you have the guts to do the full, <clears throat> full Comic Book Herald House of M reading order with the tie-ins? Because for the club, we're only recommending or we're only insisting on the main event series <laughs> – but there are, in fact, a bowload of tie-ins.
2: No, no, no. I, uh, a bunch of people in the Slack were doing a full read-through, and I never once got any indication that I should. <laughs> Everybody was like, now, Zach, Man, I write Zach, I do I think
0: t-. we do have to call you out here a little bit. Do it. Do where it. Where this is, I mean, Humiliate we are in, me. well, okay, fetish, <laughs> fetishation, getting a little <laughs> tapped into again. Um, mm-hmm. We're in the era of events now. And we are in the Bendis era of events. And House of M is the one where we, we go, oh, okay, tie-in overdrive. And that is just the way forward from now on. So it is, in fact, a big part of, like, Marvel event DNA that now every event is going to have a main series that you can more or less follow along with. But they are also going to be crawling with tie-ins. Civil War is going to expand the number. Secret Invasion is going to carry that forward. Like, that's kind of just the template. Um, And with Avengers Disassembled, you know, it wasn't – there were tie-ins, quote-unquote, but it was pretty loose, you know, um, and and distinguished. Like, Thor Disassembled is its own story. It just kind of – you know, it it does literally tie into the explanation of why Thor is not there. But it's not, like, bouncing around, crossing over – fitting in between issues of the main event series, you know, anything like that, right? House of M has a lot of series like that. Now, so obviously you can find the full reading order on Comic Carol The link is in the, the spreadsheet for those of you who are following along via the full spreadsheet. Um, probably include a link to the reading order in the show notes if we remember. But I mean, you know, I did it obviously once. Um, House of M is not, the tie-ins are not the best. I think there are events with better tie-in series. Uh, I think if you like this alternate reality, uh, it it has the potential to explore elements of it that I do find interesting. Um, and there are some pieces of the main event series. Like, for example, like the conversation between Beast and Hank Pym in like the early issues. They, we just never see those characters again. <laughs> yeah. Right. So like in the main event series, there's a handful of things like that. Um, Peter Parker's life in this world. Right. Is insane. Is insane. It's completely insane. I read
1: the. I read the tie in. It's very weird.
0: Yeah, and I don't even know that it's great. But if you're like, I would like to see more of that. There you go. What happened to Fantastic Four? That's just a one-off sentence in the main event series. They have their own, you know, actual series. Yada yada yada. Yeah. So, Zach, my call out to you. Yeah, I was waiting for it. <laughs> a lot of preamble for this is you're not <clears throat> you're not really getting the full Marvel two thousands experience Mm -hmm. when you only read the main event series um i think you're gonna have to for future events if you want us to take you seriously
2: (laughs) i don't i I know you don't care (laughs) i know you don't
0: and that's that's kind of my thing though is like i think for a reader to say like oh i've i've really experienced what that was like you have to mix in some tie-ins um and this is not necessarily even advocating for the worth of tie-ins that is an ongoing conversation i think with the approach to, to comics that Marvel takes. Um, but you are kind of missing out on forming a, I guess forming a like rounded opinion on whether that works or not, I guess would be my thing, you know? Um, this is the era to uh, test that out. I
2: don't know. I, I think you make the argument that like, uh, I mean, there, there's something like 60 issues of tie-ins for this, right? Over like eight months, nine months, something like that. That's a lot of comics that all get, like, scooped into this. Um I kind of think, like, the argument that, you know, like, this very loosely tied-together thing that, like, you know, if, if I need to read all those, like, they wouldn't have made 60 issues of them. And most people would say, oh, yeah, most of them are inessential. Like, I just read House of M, and I had no problem. There wasn't a single moment where I went, hmm, I wonder what's up with that. Which or is like, how it should oh, be, it seems. I would say. It, it's how it should be, so it also... Like, it means it's fundamentally means that those other comics feel inessential. And if I had heard, like, oh, you gotta check out this one. This one's really great. Like, this one, you know, steps up. This one really takes advantage of it. Like we did with Inferno, right? Where it was, like, those Daredevil... Like, and Ascenti really leaned into Inferno with Daredevil and did some great stuff with it. Then, like, I'd be happy to read it. But I'm not... I don't know. I don't... I, honestly, I just I don't feel like I need to spend my time reading, like, mediocre, inessential tie-ins just so that I, like... Have the experience because also I can just kind of imagine Exactly. <laughs> like Zach. I've read enough comic books as I've a friend it. as a yeah, friend yeah. I okay, would
0: say please. tell me don't don't read all those tie-ins you won't you <laughs> you will not enjoy it um, I know enough about you to know you do not need that but as my of... judge
2: and jury but saying. as <laughs> your judge and jury of
0: <laughs> the amateur fan trying to understand the Marvel universe and what it was like and oh sorry and the full no, capacity you... of it. it the... Um, right at the beginning of this episode, I said, "Master,
2: you must have missed that part." Uh, I, no I longer, believe no I was an amateur. Yeah,
0: I what I do, what I always do, which is, I, I until my tongue starts bleeding from biting it so hard, and then I just quietly say, "Nope, nope, nope." Uh, <laughs> no one, no
2: you, one's ever heard that. I nope, you mute it out. every time, and <laughs> yeah. uh, our
0: audience has never had the pleasure of hearing it. Uh, no, I just, I do think like, like there's 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 a version of you. There's an alternate uh-huh. reality, Zach. Okay. There's, a, there's a, my own. Baby. There's the House of Z. Zach, <laughs> own pregnant with your own clone, yep. who uh, is is like like super into superhero comics and super into the Marvel universe. And I am holding them by the hand, taking them through, and they are they they Zach. I don't have to ask them to read all the tie ins. They just do it themselves. They want to read all of them. T- you know what I mean? Like there is a version yeah, of getting yeah. into Marvel comics and yeah. wanting to explore this universe of a fan, like, like I was when I was getting into these the first time. Yeah,
2: who's, who's, like, 22 years old, right? That's M- maybe, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. that's, hey. that's cynical
0: and facetious, like, I don't, maybe, well, no, I don't know, no, some I, people come yeah. to it later, and then they want to get into it, like, No, it's... okay, wait, wait, let me, let me, let
2: me clarify, because I don't want to, Cause Charlotte went, hey! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also, it's offensive to 23 years old. I, I don't <laughs> want to offend everybody, totally. Uh, I do mean new to superhero comics, not that you're stupid <laughs> because you're young uh because like yeah. i read all yeah. kinds of very simple stuff it's just like at this point like i read the entirety of the ultimate universe right like to me like bad comics are more interesting than what i would get when i read all the tie-ins which is a lot of like okay i'll forget that by like this yeah, weekend right. right like the mediocre middle of the road just kind of like all right everyone you know and it's like everyone's putting in good work everyone's trying their best at marvel but like um yeah i it's, I, I just know what, you know, is behind that door. Uh, and I just, I really don't need to engage with it. Although I did, I kept an eye out. I kept an eye out for people who, you know, were saying like, oh, you got to check out like the Black Panther House of M does something really interesting. I would have, I would have made time for that.
0: Uh, Black Although Panther the, Secret Invasion, actually. Is, yeah, okay. Is I mean, I'll, I'll be no, happy I, to listen I think to that and read with, some tie-ins. Like, with the other, so like what I would say, I, I, with, I think with the other events, I'll have a better sense of which tie-ins I would recommend. With House of M, I don't, honestly. Um, like, for example, like we don't see Hulk at all. In this whole alternate reality, there's a tie-in uh, series written by Peter David, yeah. actually, of what's the Hulk up to in this reality. So I think it like it's basically my advice is, if you dug this event or you dug the world building at least, check out some of the tie-ins. You know, you'll you'll probably have an interesting time. To me, it's you know it is Age of Apocalypse is the obvious comp. I think where it is, um, it's an alternate reality. We get various spins on marvel characters we know and love and i think you know with age of apocalypse it's like there's a way to read that that is just sinking in and Mm. letting that world wash over you and turning off a little of the the critical eye and just like just escaping into it you know i'll give i'll give you that that like i didn't read much more than what we had on the list although like
2: we had a lot more tie-ins. And that that's
0: one. and that's a huge reason why I love Age of Apocalypse the way that I do, is I, I was able to do that, right? I was yeah. able to just sink into that world on its own terms, in its own rhythms. If you put to me, does Generation X number three, you know, hold up against, <laughs> like, the best of comics? Like, it's an obvious no, but that's not the point. That's not really what oh, you're doing.
2: But I will say, I'll give you, like, Age of Apocalypse, I think, probably just the bar is a lot higher. In general, in those comics, like we read a ton of. Then what's going on in House there. of M? You mean? Yeah, right. Like Age of Apocalypse made me go like, oh, I, I gotta sit down and do this whole thing. Like this sounds really, you know, this sounds yeah. like it would be fun. Uh, sink it in House of M. I never got like, I gotta, I gotta dig in. I gotta find out more about this. Yeah. you know. So and, like, and the, the main comic reason I,
0: drives your hunger for it, right? Like, yeah, like, and the only the only reason I emphasize this at this point is like, Zach, I know you. I know a lot about your tastes at this point. I know, wanna, I know you don't want to. I know you don't want to do this. I would not actually actually child. do this. But I'm saying, um, I think for the type of reader who is really on this journey to like, I want to do the full Marvel thing. Like, yeah, yeah. check out the full reading order. Like, it's, sure. yeah, there's right. value in diving into these worlds if, you, uh, if you're having a good time. I think the big thing that we would say is like, if you're not having a good time, get out. <laughs> Stop. The, you know, turn off the completionist mindset. It will not benefit you in this particular yeah. instance, right? I, I want to
2: know what Charlotte read. Like, how many times did you read, Charlotte?
1: I read about 80% of the time, let's say. Uh, oh, I, okay, I, so I would have done the whole only. thing, but I ran out of time uh, because of work. But, like, it's... I will say, I think they are... I don't think they're particularly good, or, like, none of them... I don't know, like to me they did work on a similar level to age of apocalypse or later uh, like 2015 secret wars i think those two examples work better than house of amsteins but i think they work in a similar level of the main event offers a sandbox for different writers and uh, like creators to to do a series in and to do something that couldn't be done in the regular series of those characters yeah um and i think that's something that's pretty valuable and a good place to start with tie-ins right like i read many many like secret invasion or empire or, or like i don't even know war of the realms tie-ins that could be just a boring arc from a regular captain america or iron man series mm-hmm. right like just replace Malekith's armies with any kind of other faithless army yeah, and it's yeah, basically yeah. the same result I think House of M stands are very much not that they're very specific to the events, and I think that's a pretty good thing. a bunch of weird thing. little
2: what ifs, right? Like.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. With like, and I will say, and like that might transition us into talking about the the story itself of of House of M. I think something I missed in House of M was explore, like making that world deeper, yeah, um, and yeah. for feel more real because I think that world is interesting but I don't think the main series exposed it that much. And I think the tie-ins do, I I won't say better, but like more interesting job with it. Um, The Spider-Man tie-in is essentially him being outed as a non-mutant. Like he's essentially been pretending to be a mutant uh, for for, like 10 years and like has become a celebrity because of it. And like, it's a really interesting series because it's... It's a series where he gets everything he's ever wanted. Ben is alive, uh, Gwen is alive, uh, Captain Stacy is alive. Like, he has his whole family around around him in the house of him, and he's, like, a celebrity. Like, he hired JJJ as his, like, personal reporter just to, like, boss him around and, like, harass him, essentially. <laughs> like, have, him, like ha- have his revenge against him. Um, it's, like, an interesting versal of Peter being the bad guy by having everything he's always wanted, um, so that's like that. It does interesting stuff. It's it allows to do interesting stuff with characters that you wouldn't necessarily get to do in the normal in their normal series. Uh, but that being said, like none of the series I read particularly left like a big impression on me. They they're still like not that memorable. Um, like I read the Greg um, um, Peter David, sorry, uh, the Peter David Hulk stuff. It's like. Eighty mm, percent of a like boring kind of middle of the road Hulk story, and like twenty percent of interesting House of M stuff. With like, it ends with uh, Bruce Banner being the new leader of of Australia, and like trying to lead Australia into being a like his own experiments of what a better nation could be. Um, in the in the context of the House of M and playing the political game of having to still deal with Magneto, but trying to to do his own thing. Which, as um, a
0: concept. Sounds yeah, awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like it plays around kind of like Ultimate Universe kind of ideas of stuff. Yeah. with like because like the the Universe of House of M is I mean similarly to to the new Ultimate Universe of 2023 of like the a lot of nations are headed by uh, superhero characters like mm-hmm. uh, Storm is the head of Kenya. Uh, we have like Doctor Doom and Black Panther as like big. Uh, uh, like, faces in the international community. Namor uh, and the Kree are, like, both present at, like, the big gala that is in the main series. Like, that's all interesting stuff to build stories around. Um, and it's kind of disappointing that none of them manage to be like, oh, that's, like, a really interesting story that you could remember and that's, like, interesting on its own. Um, but, like, I do think the there's a strong core here uh, that's not necessarily present in the... In other in other subsequent events, uh, but I think like yeah, part of it is also I think the main series like offers an interesting vision of what this world could be, uh, mm. but it does end up feeling pretty empty by the end. Or, like we don't get to explore it that much, and it feels
0: like weightless yeah. in a lot of ways. So let's let's so there's a lot there that I want to tap into, but let's let's go to the beginning here, Excalibur number fourteen, which is where we kick this off, which is a a weird lead-in, right, in the context of, wait, we're reading the last issue of the rebooted 2004 Chris Claremont Aaron Lepestri Excalibur? <laughs> what? What is happening here? Uh, okay, Zach, explain to the class mm. why Magneto's alive. <laughs> oh, I was about to ask you that.
2: <laughs> I, and I was like, so did we just like end, you know a little chummy with Xavier, Uh which is so strange. Um, And I was like, what is happening here? I was I was going to ask you to fill me in on this exact thing. Okay. Uh,
0: So this is one of the no joke, messiest, strangest continuity beats. I would say in Marvel history, Charlotte, you know, you're, you're, you have more familiarity with this era than Zach. Um, You let me know if there's a messier thing that I'm missing, but the Morrison Magneto ending, to oh he's just here in house of m to what's coming later is just like a nightmare and uh, the long and short of it the long and short of it is last we saw of big daddy mags he died seemingly mm-hmm. in planet that x off. yep right he was maybe possessed by john sublime the sentient what? the sentient <laughs> Wait, was bacteria yeah, yeah. Listen to the episode I did with Charles. Okay. Um, for, uh, for for the next uh, Morrison. Charles Xavier. Here comes tomorrow. Yeah. Listen to listen to my good pal Charles Xavier. <laughs> no, Charles Polymorph, who was awesome on that episode. I had somebody uh, somebody message me that listening to myself and Charles was like ASMR, and they just kept falling asleep, <laughs> which was like <laughs> both a compliment and a backhanded insult. Um, <laughs> but it was kind of nice. Uh, but so okay, Sh- like immediately after Magneto dies in New X Men. Claremont is brought in to relaunch Excalibur where Professor Charles Xavier goes to broken Genosha to try to find himself and rebuild the nation with some surviving mutants who have made that their home. In the process of doing that, uh, he learns that Magneto has just been there the whole time. (laughs) Okay, so the like quick, let's just ignore everything approach is... Actually, when Cassandra Nova bombed Genosha, the world thought Magneto died. Um, but actually he's just been uh just milling under, around. He's there. just been hanging <laughs> under the rubble on Genosha and he's here. How and does he that, no does idea. that resolve yeah. him pretending to be Zorn? No, it doesn't. That's going to okay. be a worse, even weirder attempt at a retcon. <laughs> Great. That we're probably not oh. going to read. Okay. Okay. But again, the long and short of it is Marvel just does not want to make it make sense. They just want Magneto back and they do not care to act. It it is one of the late, like I will, the one thing I will give Marvel and DC and all superhero comics card for is they usually do kind of bend over backwards to appease, um, you know, fandoms desire for like big continuity to make sense. You know what I mean? Like they will whip out a retcon issue and painstakingly tell you like, okay, here's how it might've happened. And fans might get mad about it, but they'll, they'll do the homework. This is the example where they're just like, forget this. (laughs) We're not just Magneto's here. Just deal with it. Move on. And frankly, it's kind of easy to do that. It is. Yeah, I Um, kind of forgot. Yeah, Yeah. I I can't. Like like the Morrison stuff is so wholly its own, I think. And it it does, you know, that the Planet X is so flippin' weird and so destructive that honestly, mentally, I'm like, it is one of those things where I'm just like, this is going to get walked back. I can tell. And uh, if you want to do it with zero explanation and just moving on, like, I don't know, I'm kind of that, I'm kind of unbothered by that. I didn't feel that way a decade ago. I mean, a decade ago, I was, like, combing the Wikipedias, <laughs> like, reading every page of this Excalibur run, being like, what, did I miss seven one-shots that explain how the heck Magneto's here? The answer is no. You didn't miss anything. Just, you were writing letters happens. in triplicate, sending them off to every editor. I was writing letters in duplicate. That's how many letters I was writing. Okay. Convincible plug. Check it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh so anyway, Magneto's here. That's all you need to know. Uh he's with Charlie on Genosha. They have so post Avengers Disassembled, where Wanda she frames it as killed the Avengers. Um she gave him a really bad day. Uh some Avengers died. That is fair. Hawkeye died. I guess Vision kinda sorta died. Um Jack of Hearts, but who's counting? Yep, Man. Don't forget about it. Scott Ant-Man. Scott Lang. Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. She did kill Paul Rudd. That that one hurts actually. <laughs> um but uh but she's she is in she is in mental disrepair. We're gonna have to talk about the wanda of it all. But she yep. is like she is like in her sick bed and her powers are going out of control. And Charlie Ballgame is trying to use his uh his, you know, sizable psychic prowess to keep her in check. And uh Excalibur 14 is actually a very good issue. It is very Claremontian in that it is like Charles kind of going through his whole history. So he uses mm-hmm. the framework of Charles trying to keep Wanda at bay to have her kind of cracking into the seams of Charles' psyche and having him explore his full history. It's a really nice character study issue. Uh, what, what do both of you think of this this issue? I agree.
2: And it kind of made me go, Dave, is Claremont good in the 2000s? And you've been <laughs> lying to me? Because this is yeah. pretty, this kind of felt like, you know, prime Claremont being like, let me just weave in a ton of details and let me like flesh out their stories. And there's stuff in here that makes me raise my eyebrow. Like Xavier going to, um, God, who's the, the, the Israeli foreign minister? Who? <laughs> uh, what's her name? Gabby Haller. Mm-hmm. And being like, you know, I'm so sorry, I you know, I basically coerced you into having an affair with me. Like I put pressure on you mentally and her being like, Charles, you have nothing to apologize for.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and he's like, well, I'm still sorry. And she's like, shut up. Don't apologize to me. I, I'm glad you did it. <laughs> like, yeah, it, like it, they go back and forth a few times. Uh, he's, through, through. he's
0: not, I mean, I know you're, you're being funny, um, but yeah, he, yeah. Thurmont does I actually like have a, like he gives that a lot of space. I think and, it works.
2: Um, I think it works okay. Uh, yeah, generally. You know? I'm not saying her responses make process.
0: sense, but even, but even Charles is like, "Does absolution count if it's in a, a broken psychscape? Like it clearly isn't real." Yeah. Yeah. You know. So yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: No, I, I think it's kind of interesting. I think it works. Um, I th- he he makes it seem like he doesn't. You don't walk away being like, "Okay, well this absolves Charles." Like you walk away being like, "Well that was kind of messy." Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly. Like you could see this as one of those things where Claremont would then just revisit in like three years and be like, you think that made up for it? Right. Like her, he runs into her in real life. And yeah, yeah. You know, he blows up this whole thing. So That's a good. Point. Um, no. Yeah, it was good. I don't know. Like I, I thought it was kind of interesting. There's all kinds of weird little details, um, like Claremont details. And it did kind of make me think like, do I need to be reading 2000s Excalibur? Uh,
0: and my, my response to you of course was please read yes. it all and tell yeah, me what you think. All. I would love, I would love to hear your thoughts but on is, these 14 I'm, issues.
1: Huh. <laughs> so my thing is I spent half the issue being confused by whether we were in the house of M reality or not. Yep. Cause I was like, it started with Xavier in is it Vietnam? I don't remember. Like some kind of war, I don't remember if it specified which one exactly. Um and like his war buddies are Wolverine and young Kitty Pride Dad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. And I was like, "It is like, in fact
0: Kath- Catherine Fry's father." Yes. Yeah,
1: yes. and I was mm-hmm. like, "That's that's not part of continuity as far as I can remember." Like, did Charles Xavier go to war with Wolverine? Yeah. Classic, what? Classic <laughs> is that Claremont it? stuff? This is this is what I
2: like kind of dug about it is like Claremont just being like, "I'm still adding to you know Charles' yeah.
1: story." Yeah. Um, I, I yeah. guess, but it felt kind of like I don't know. I I like I was just very confused because I was like. Okay, so this is the House of M reality in which like Xavier is a soldier and part of the army or something. Nope. Oh, and like yeah, because he at some point he goes to like uh, he has a no. It is the House of M. Reality. No, it's not. It's just in his mindscape. It's, it's all, okay, but, it's but it is. Charles it is
0: Wanda. His. Yeah. Influencing it's like it's like his he's mindscape. It's intertwined. So okay, there is. I was like, he there are levels of unreality to... to all of it. Um, yeah, because um, he meets with a Nick Fury of, like, and
1: Scott Summers, and like Scott is the CIA representative. That's like no, that's
0: just not a thing. That story has not happened. Yes, like there. Okay. There are, it it makes you feel like it's Charles Xavier's history, but it is it is warped. It's it's genuinely difficult to tell. Like the Gabby Haller stuff, that's all real. Well, maybe that's all if Charles you don't background
2: not have an encyclopedic knowledge of X Men like I do because I had no problem with this one.
0: You had no problem, right? You just, you... yeah, well, yeah, see, if that's did. that is the advantage of not knowing anything is you don't have to question anything. Um, <laughs> yeah, because you're just like, I, just, oh, I bet like, that happened in another comic, me. you know, you're as opposed to Charlotte and I who are like, I have read all of these comics and I, I cannot place what you are referencing here, Christopher. Yeah. Where it did was... this come from? It all worked, yep, yeah. Um,
1: I, I felt like. Clement secretly kept writing <laughs> X-Men throughout the 90s <laughs> and 1000s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he just went back to Marvel and acted like everyth- every- all of his fan fiction that he kept in his journal was just like canon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? And we'd read
0: it. Which is the coolest um, approach. I mean, honestly. K- like, kind of. I want, I want that for Chris. I want that for Jim Starlin.
1: The issue was like, interesting and good and like just, yeah, like you said, reminded me of classic Clement. I'm just like, I was just so confused and like, I, I I didn't skip through it exactly but I was just like heading to House of M and just like didn't yeah it just was wasn't what I wanted to read <laughs> I Yeah guess. sure wow. but yeah it's in it a was fine. single
2: What do you mean sure? If I had said the same thing about any I I have said this same thing and I get torn into pieces. Wait, a one issue of Excalibur and you couldn't
1: Make the time for our friendship. <laughs> <Friday. laughs> by the way, I, you know what? I think this is my first Clement story on the podcast, right? Because I joined in 93, so that's like post-Clement
0: leaving. So, Charlotte, you're now the biggest Claremont hater on the show. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. you're the biggest modern Claremont and hater. You know what? I'm fine.
1: I'm a-okay
0: with Owning <laughs> it. Owning it. Mm. Love it. No, I
1: like Clement. I'm just like, this specific issue was just... It's really, fine. Really, I didn't really even good. dislike it. It's yeah. fine. It's just not... The reason very it's confusing a, and doesn't work outside of it, it, just it
2: works. The it works really thing. well to just kind of set
0: up like where we're at. You know, I um, I mean, I you should, know, I we do have to caveat too. It. It's the you know, it's the fourth part of a, a yeah. fourth part story of the last yeah, issue, fourteen issue run. I'm I, sure I, my opinion I'm really would be different. Though. I don't I understand the whole thing. like
2: Charlotte, you being like, I was just lost the whole time. I don't
1: know. I just read this whole thing and was like, this, this makes sense. I get it like, I from we're... the beginning. You understood that it was like. Not the house of reality, but not reality yes. reality I <laughs> yes. didn't get any I, of
0: this. I think fanbrain yeah. actually makes this issue harder. I do. That, um, that's
1: very pro- That's
2: very possible, yeah. yeah. Don't don't chalk it up to being too smart. <laughs> well, no, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not too smart. I'm saying i too uh, much of a nerd. No, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah fanbrain is not synonymous with too, too smart. Are you're too qualified to, you know, to yeah. understand, to appreciate I, I am too issue. qualified, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Charlotte, Charlotte and I share... The experience of we see Logan in war with Charles and our brains are like, where does in uncanny X-Men did that does happen? Does not compute. Yeah. Whereas you, whereas Zach, are like, yep, cool. Moving on. Um, because you're simple. <laughs> <So Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It it too mean, uh, I mean, No, it you're does. right. That's it the right mean. way to read this. That's the right way to read this. Because Wanda is just manipulating the memories essentially. Yeah. So this all this all nets out with uh, the reveal that you know Charles and Magneto are together, and Doctor, together, Strange, who's in and Doctor Strange is popping in and out, yeah. and then House of M picks up right with this. Leaves off, which is we're six months after Avengers disassembled. The new Avengers are gathered, but they're not like I don't know if they've like announced themselves yet. And uh um Charles is like, I don't know what to do with Wanda. We don't have a solution. He calls all of everyone. We get the Avengers, we get the X Men. And they have a big, what do we do about Wanda? Should we kill her conversation, basically. So, like, the first issue is totally an Avengers Disassembled follow-up. I feel like Bendis does a really good job, frankly, of establishing the stakes, of establishing Professor X can't solve this, Dr. Strange can't solve this, and, like, you know, we have basically the ticking time bomb of someone who is going to warp our reality beyond our control. What do we do about it? It feels like big, heavy Marvel Universe stuff. Um, I think the worst thing, maybe not the worst, yeah, probably the worst thing about this entire run, uh, in House of M is definitely a companion piece to Avengers Disassembled, you know, as events go. Uh, The worst thing about it is, like, Wanda gets more, and somehow she becomes less and less of the story (laughs) as it progresses. Like, Wanda is is reduced to an Infinity Gauntlet. um, So if that is a character you want to see have any kind of agency... Or any kind of complexity or nuance, that's not here at all. I think it's uh, it's just grotesquely overlooked, essentially. Um, but purely <laughs> grotesque is
2: a really strong word. Uh, well, I, I think it is. Yeah, I think it's kind of people, gross.
0: I think it, it really reduces. People are so defensive of her, and I. Just, I, n- I, I know, and I'm not that kind of reader. Hurt Neither hurt hurt are you. Yeah. Um, we're not like these characters are my friends' readers, right? Um, but I do think like there's. There's just like uh, Claremont, for example, in Inferno, goes to great pains to give you understanding of a Madeline Pryor, for example. Yeah. In those hands, Wanda gets that treatment, and I think these issues don't become part of it. Bendis has n- no ability at this point in his career to do that. Um, and to,
2: to be fair, I don't think he does a good job of mostly, mostly, with like one exception, really diving into the emotion of any of this. I think there's, so we haven't gotten into the main thrust of this, which is that at the end of issue one, they all snap into a new reality, and everyone wakes up in a new reality where, like, kind of everyone's at their happiest. Everyone kind of has what they want, more or less. It's not quite clear. The premise is
0: everyone's supposed to have gotten what they wanted, but I don't know that it always quite works.
2: Yeah, and it doesn't fully, like, like, like Charlotte was saying, it doesn't lean into the details, I think, enough. I mean, that's where the tie-ins are going to do it. Um, well, the obvious, like, what, like, so, like,
0: here are the obvious examples, right? You have, so, basically, it's, like, everyone who was involved on the island of Genosha <clears throat> when they came to, you know, question Wanda before they decided what to do with her, right? And the dark sort of underlying question of that being, are they going to kill her or not? Which, a pretty obvious answer is no. Um, but, uh, you know, so you see have Magneto gets to become ruler of, of Genosha, and mutants are like the leaders of the world, right? Um, so he gets what he wanted. You get Spider-Man. is married to Gwen Stacy. They have a son. He's a famous professional wrestler. So he gets what he wanted, <laughs> which is interesting to me that Spider-Man <laughs> always wanted to be a famous wrestler. But okay. Yeah. The Gwen and the son yeah. thing are obviously the bigger piece of that. Wolverine gets his memories back, which is apparently what he wanted, which is kind of the, the inciting incident that gives somebody knowledge of what had come previously. Um, beyond that, it gets, I think, much more muddled and harder. So like Luke Cage apparently wanted to be the human uh, leader of a gang resisting mutant kind. That's what. He, that's all he wanted. I guess. Well, and, to, not- and to grow out his hair. Yeah, <laughs> those were. His I mean, two they, they, he doesn't. He doesn't talk about it, right? Like
2: the the comic doesn't really dive into, like, with too much specificity of like this is everyone's dreams realized, right? Like for some people, yeah. But even with like Peter Parker, now he's like upset that like. I don't know. He misses MJ. <laughs> right. So like,
0: Oh, uncle Ben's still alive. Uh, we should probably also. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, I mean, if I, if I have and if I have a complaint about this comic and I do, uh, it's that like the, the, the world that gets created here is not the most engaging to me. And it really should be because it sounds like a great idea. Like um, the other alternate universes that I can think of, like earth X just has this like wild specificity to it. Age of Apocalypse, Um, trying to think of other stuff that we've read, but, like, yeah, it it just should feel way more, like, lived in, in and, like, the mystery of what's going on should be there, and then, like, by the end, here's the big thing, by the end, it should feel way more pained that, like, the decision to undo all this, and they have basically one conversation where Mm -hmm. Spider-Woman's, like, she just says something like, oh, you know, should we really do this? Like, things have changed, but... Maybe the world is better. And, like, maybe the world is better here. And Wolverine's just like, you're embarrassing yourself. And then that's yeah, the end of the it's conversation. It's
1: insane that everyone is immediately on team. We need to reverse it, right? It's, like, yeah, yeah.
2: It should be like, way harder to, like, make this uh, decision. Because it really like... is like, oh, mutants are, you know, not... <laughs> I, I don't think, like, me- well, I guess maybe mutants are discriminating against humans here, but that's not, like, super clear. So it does just kind of seem like the world is a little more egalitarian. Yeah, it is
1: f- much clearer in the tie-ins. Yeah, that, that like
2: sapiens are the
1: undergarments. Yes, like, essentially sapiens are mutants, I like, play the role that mutants play in the regular Marvel universe, but, like, even stronger than that, like, it's full-on segregation, uh, essentially. Um, Which, like, yeah, isn't as true in the main series. Like, that's not as present, but that's very much a big running theme and core thing in the, in the tie-ins. Which is, like, a super interesting idea. Kind of a weird idea, too, because, like, we're so used to mutants being the, like, discriminated against metaphor, right? So, like, that role reversal is kind of, like, I don't know... Th- I don't know that it gets there, but I think my problem with it is also that it's not particularly interested or like thoughtful about treating the music metaphor and <laughs> understanding the implica- the implications of this new world in-, in that way. Um but like there's a bit of um <laughs> how does this, how do I say this? Like conservative oh, this is the universe where the woke mob won and look at them, they're all Nazis <laughs> and like <laughs> like there's a bit of I don't it's not like I'm not saying it's like intentional in any way or like even that presence, but like given that the mutants always play the role of the minority of the discriminated against uh, mm-hmm. group, like seeing them seeing that like this is, this essentially says that the universe where they are on top is the universe where like they do the same to humans, but worse Um is kind of, like, a bo- not a boring idea, but, like, it, it it's weird. But, like I said, I think the the book isn't interested in, in treating that. And I think it's yeah. weird for a book that's, like, its core focus is inversing Musen's place in the Marvel Universe, that it doesn't really deal with the ramifications of, like, what does that mean, yeah. really? Uh,
2: either story-wise or emotionally, with the exception, I'll say, of Spider-Man. I Red. think, like, Spider-Man's emotional state here uh, gets a lot of playtime and works yeah. pretty well, where he's... But he still, like, is on board with reversing it, and it's just Which like, is weird, yeah. You just want someone there to be like, no, I'm staying. Like You need a stronger
0: dissenting voice. Including think, Hawkeye,
2: who's like, I'm dead over there, like... I'm not gonna help you, but Hawkeye at the end joins in and is like, "Huzzah!" Well, <laughs> which I think, it.
0: I think you're both. So I, I agree with both of you. I think, um, the thi- the best thing about House of M is also the thing that like Bendis completely misses the boat on by the end, which is it's a really interesting world he built. I think the first three issues of this comic are really good Marvel event stuff. Um, I'm really on board through set up with Wanda but then you know the first two issues which are like here is the world here is what it is and it is not i mean it's the total opposite of the apocalypse dystopia right this is not oh we have an alternate reality where things went wrong this is we have an alternate reality where generally speaking things are pretty decent yeah. <laughs> like like it's a world with problems and to me though that is that is the interesting angle to then explore for the remainder of the event which is like okay but what's the dark undercurrent right if this world under Magneto's because th- everyone's assumption throughout this you know basically until the very end of the event is this is Magneto's doing you know like they know Wanda's yeah, th- the weapon that's, uh, but the assumption talk- is Magneto pushed her into this because now he rules the world and it's like what we know about Magneto is yeah this is what he would want right he'd want to be leading the House of M and essentially in control of things with, you know, uh, I guess some degree of civility between sapiens and, and mutants, but with a clear understanding that mutants are on top, right? You have that conversation between beast and Hank Pym in the very beginning when Hank is just straight to his face being like, Oh, it's gotta be weird being a dinosaur watching yourself go extinct. Want to go get (laughs) lunch, pal? Like that's, you know, like he's talking to, you know, a dog essentially. Um, Oh, okay, you know, wait, okay, so, that that
2: assumption up until the end, it it's tough to, you know, read this with the knowledge that, like, no, this is just Scarlet Witch, although, I guess I will give you some credence to the argument of, like, Scarlet Witch just being treated like an object here, where it's not a big reveal that she just did it on her own, it's the reveal that, like, no, it was Quicksilver, he told her to do it yeah yeah she didn't even decide this yeah yeah so it's so weird but also i'm like no it was kind of just her right like he was just like saying like they're gonna come kill you the world you know we'll never be together we'll never see each other again like we're gonna be separated by your death and then quicksilver kind of like puts the idea in her head but like it's still kind of just her decision it's it's weird it's weirdly framed that it would that everyone just assumes it's magneto and is so sure of that um i think it kind of like well it's the kind of thing he would do I mean, historically. Kind, yeah, guy's yeah, reputation, can, right? Well, I don't know. I mean, that was Zorn. We can't <laughs> we can't blame Magneto for that. But yes, I, I guess so. It's just, uh, it's treated as a big twist. And I guess it's hard to separate what I know. But I guess I didn't see the twist that it was actually Quicksilver uh, instead of just her. Sure, yep. Although, like, it was all just about her forming this world so that she can, like, have her children back.
0: Um, I guess.
2: She just wants her kids
0: back. Which, I think, well, I don't want to sink too deep into the Wanda of it all because I think we talked about it a bit in Vendors Disassembled honestly Mm. Um, what I do want to say though is to your earlier points the conversations around should we do this are so slight yet would have been would have been the most interesting Um, you do need that voice you do need that dissenting faction of folks who are like no this world's actually better like I think with Peter Parker for example where I think every spidey and marvel reader can really empathize with him not wanting to give up his family he literally
2: has a child and by the end it's like you remember you had a kid your kid's gone which in the main
0: event like doesn't there's no weight to that we don't know this kid we don't see them we just know it happened right that's that is where the tie-ins like that's where the potential of tie-ins as supplemental material comes in where it's like you could feel that relationship and emotional connection potentially if that's done well. Um, but yeah, it is. I, I think it's probably a more interesting story of Spidey's like, I'm not doing that. I'm not killing my son. Um, then you get into, okay, at least we have some like some back and forth on this uh, yeah. as opposed to just because after we get to the fourth issue where there's the reveal of this character, Layla Miller, she's introduced in house of M uh, her ability is she just knows what the world was. And she can make everyone else know what the world was. So then the heroes just do like a montage. (laughs) Like the comic literally becomes a montage of going to all the the x So plotty, yeah. Yeah, and and it just becomes remember, remember, remember. And again, 98% of them, once they remember, are like, let's go kill Megal and see if we can change it back. The,
1: The comic is so simple, right? Like it's just a straight line from Wolverine remembers to... Let's make everyone else remember to big fight
0: and then it's over. Which is why, why I like, like it so much more before that point, because I think before yeah. that point it is such a, a an effective setup, and I think really effective world building of of what the House of M landscape is. I think one of the other crazier parts to that is like we don't even see the titular House of M, Magneto and Fam in the main event series until book like five or six, mm-hmm. <laughs> like which is which. I don't like. It seems maybe stealthy. Their presence is felt, but you kind of needed some more cutscenes of them, honestly, um, and and their ruling. I think that is another thing where it's like you left too much work to the tie-ins um, to fill in those gaps. Because like if you go through the reading order, you're gonna get books that came out five years later that do House of M world building stuff that is actually fairly additive. But it is like, well, that's th- yeah. those books but came five years later. It feels
1: like the only valid reason for there not to be a lot of House of Magnus stuff early on is to keep the reveal that it's not Magneto, but but Quicksilver who, like, orchestrated it. Yeah. But, like, that's not a cool enough reveal to merit that, right? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. nothing. Like, what's the difference, right? <laughs> uh, and we like, kind of
2: basically know until we get there. Like, it's yeah. not really hidden. Okay, so I, I just want to point out, like... Talking a lot about how this world and that conversation about the, you know, the tension between the heroes who remember everything and then, like, are immediately gung-ho to go kill Magneto and revert things. Which they don't even know will revert things. So they're just out for revenge, which is also just the flattening of this drama. I think it's it's not that I'm saying, like, I just wish they would argue about it more before the plot move forward. I think that it's a real dropped ball of, like, the dramatic tension that this comic could have of having the heroes split and then, you know, Spider Man actively fighting against some of the more gung ho ones, right? Yeah. Like, it, it's it's missed opportunity to have the actual story be like woven in with dramatic tension that has like character stakes to it. So I think like it just feels kind of like the once you see Wolverine go, you know, she he meets Layla Miller, who can unlock everyone's memories. You can kind of predict everywhere that this goes. Uh, pretty well because it just goes from there. You get Ghost gathers everybody. Mm-hmm. They go to Magneto. They fight. Then there is one big twist, which I don't really understand, and we'll have to talk about. I mean, maybe we can just jump into it's it. It's kind now. of a twist for twist's sake. Yeah, honestly. It's so, what's the twist? They well, they confront. They confront Magneto. They're having a big fight. They find out that you know, Quicksilver is really the one who convinced Wanda to create this reality. Yeah. They confront Wanda, and then Wanda is like. You know, upset about everything that's happened to her. And is like... But mostly it's directed towards Magneto and his mutant superiority. Uh, his attitude of mutant superiority. And she's like, I hate it. I hate mutants. And, you know, none of this would happen if the, these mutants didn't exist. No more mutants. And it's just such a like... So that, that's the big moment. That's the House of M moment that has big repercussions forever. Is that Wanda says, no more mutants. I... That's what I kept saying before. was like, how does Avengers Disassembled lead to the no more mutants moment? Uh, uh-huh. Until the moment it happens, there's still no indication of like, why is she going to wipe out all the mutants? Why is she going to erase mutants? There's not really a,
1: it just a build
2: to it, a character reason. It, it She's just angry at Magneto for, you know, causing so much strife because he's, you know, such a militant mutant. Um, Yeah, so that, that also is like the... The way out of House of M is just that they. Is that Scarlet Witch gets upset about mutants and then reverts the world back to it, what, what it was? So it's not even like a natural conclusion to House of M. It's just like she decides to make another reality, but it happens to be our reality with one big tweak to it, if that makes sense. So that, yeah. that's where like it just gets. It feels so flimsy and it feels so like. It's kind of like an arbitrary ending. I mean, on
0: on paper, it kind of. There's a real thematic connectedness of. The world, the House of M world being mutants rule, and this Mm -hmm. in theory being, this is the alternate reality with mutants on top, and then ending that by saying, fine, you had mutants on top, now you made me mad, no more mutants. On paper, those things connect. I think I'm kind of with you that on a a journey level, on an emotional connectedness level, and I think that all kind of goes back to what I was saying about Wanda just being a weapon, I don't feel the family tension <laughs> between Magneto and Wanda and Pietro. I know some of that's baked into their history, um, but like they spend so much more time apart than they ever spend together. Here's- and I just don't really think of them as especially close or Wanda even having yeah, any yeah, special yeah. anger for uh- her father. I just think those things th- that's why when it's like, well they don't even they don't even show Wanda and Magneto in a room together yeah. in the House of M universe until what the last issue? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. so I think those. Well, are he, the things here's where actually it's like... why that that Quicksilver twist, w-
2: <laughs> where it actually would have made more sense if Magneto had like somehow manipulated her into creating this world, and you know, like uh, fulfilling his mutant utopia by using her uh, unknowingly or something. I, I, I still think that would have been something of a leap, but like that at least would have been like A to B. This is, it's and I am lashing qu- out
0: at you for having done this to me.
2: Right, yeah, and, you know, oh, yeah. you love mutants so much, you know, I'm going to take away the thing that you care about the most. Yeah, uh-huh. And, but that's not really what happens here. It's kind yeah. of...
1: I mean, the, I feel like the, the actual reason is Joe Quesada had been wanting to do this for a right. while, and just like, oh, yeah, we're doing this thing with mutants. <laughs> yeah. Can we add that at the end? Cool. Okay, uh, well, I will say I kind
2: of like it as a, uh, like, a status quo shift. <laughs> Despite all that, like... I think it is. I, I'm interested to see where this goes because I think that that like decimation of the mutant population, and like stripping away of well, okay, it's it seems like an interesting dramatic thing to have happened. Um, I also am a little at a loss to why it happened to you know like it's arbitrarily maybe we don't know who who it happens to and who it doesn't happen to. Right. So like Oh it doesn't Wolverine happen to big name powers. characters, essentially. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is <laughs> like if you're uh, if you're pretty and sell comics. <laughs> I think Iceman's the only like yeah. relatively big name that we saw. You gotta uh, throw some uh, some familiar name. And in there. and
0: mags. Big daddy so, mags, which makes sense, yeah.
2: Oh magni Well did we actually get confirmation because Wolverine just says like, Oh, you lost your power to manipulate metal, but then no one he doesn't say yes I did or It could be a fake you know. out. Yeah it could be a fake yeah, out. So I d- a well, I guess Charlotte confirmed it because she loves spoilers. I have
1: no things. idea whether that's true oh, okay. or whatever. Thanks,
0: Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, okay, so Zach loves The Destination ha- of Mutant Love Pine. House of M. Charlotte, yeah. how... Well, you know what? I do, wanna, I do actually like... I do like this event. Um, like I said, I'm real on board for three issues and then it flattens out. I do like this event. I like the attempt. I like the alternate reality approach. Um, again, I think... This is going to be the thing with Bendis for me, on the Bendis era of events, is I think he has an incredible knack for building them, and then the plane crashes in the Savage Land every time. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I yeah. think I think he sets it up great, right? You just don't want him trying to dunk the ball home. It's, you need a closer. Yeah,
2: he's really good at the like the long term single like the solo issue stuff, uh-huh. the solo series. He's good at building. To the big explosive moments, especially of the big explosive character moments. And it's not or like it's not like... an explosive ending, the actual Yeah, conclusion. but it's just like, you don't feel it. Like, I felt no emotional punch from this. There was no propulsion that, like, carried me to the end. I and was you're not supposed like... to
0: feel some of the Hawkeye stuff, because he died yeah. in Avengers Disassembled. Well, I'm... Now he's back like, for a second. What an, and... what an ask to get me to care about <laughs> Hawkeye. I, I care um, about Hawkeye's death in Avengers you Disassembled. Yeah. yeah. Um, but actually sure. less so here, I would say. Maybe a big part yeah. of it is obviously I know what's coming. Um, he gets disassembled again, by the way. But then maybe he's back. There is a teaser with some arrows in a Hawkeye uniform that maybe Clint made it back as well. Um, Charlotte, how do you feel about uh, decimation um, of minority
1: I groups? Th- I definitely think it's... An- <laughs> what? <laughs> no- nothing. Go on. <laughs> I didn't hear what you said. Um, yeah, please. I think it's... I mean, it's definitely interesting. I'm not familiar enough with what's going on with X Men at this time to be like, "Oh, it's too bad." It's like wasting some interesting s- potential for what was already going on. Um, like, it's a huge thing, right? Like, it feels like a big title th- title shift. Um, you can't is, say there's but... not.
0: You can't say nothing happened. You can't say yeah. You know, House of M had no repercussions.
1: That's like the biggest repercussion I can think of from a Marvel event outside of like maybe Civil War without saying anything more than that um, like it's huge right and Marvel events don't generally end with like an actual huge thing that changes the yeah. way the Marvel universe works um, has any
0: Marvel event to this point approached this I don't Before, think it has House talk. I want to talk about Venn a little bit,
2: because this that question you're asking, has, <laughs> I think I just said I want to talk event a little bit. <laughs> I talk about the events and the yeah, classification yeah. of things as events, right? I I think you know taxonomy. we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna be really guilty of this, and you know I don't I don't blame you for setting it up this way, and we have to talk about it this way. But what Marvel decides is an event and isn't worthy of an event, you know, is often often feels pretty disconnected from whether or not it's significant to the world whether or not it feels event-sized quote-unquote right because that's something i kept saying about like miller's wolverine run was i was like this is like one of the biggest cross marvel events we've seen and one of the most successful but it's also just like 16 issues of a wolverine comic there's no tie-ins there's no you know it it wasn't marketed as an event uh morrison wiped. excuse me (laughs) This is just, he doesn't like Mark Miller. He's mad. (laughs) Um, The the Morrison wiping out Genosha, right? That's bigger in consequence, the beginning of that run. Yeah. But like Marvel, you know, it is purely a marketing thing. You know, that like, this is the event. We're going to have a lot of tie-ins editorially. Everyone's going to get scooped into this. And that almost like restrains it in some ways because it's like House of M can't do things with its characters that aren't reflected in the tie-ins, which are written by other people, so, like, it almost feels like a straitjacket over the event, whereas, like, he who shall not be names Wolverine, you know, was all over the place and doing whatever it wanted with the characters that it had leeway to play with. Mm -hmm. That felt, like, unfettered by, you know, it just told its big story and it told it at the timing that it wanted to tell it at. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's probably a freedom of just being like, I'm writing a an x-men arc and i get to write a big bombastic x-men arc um event sized whereas you know my, like we're only talking uh, i'm sure there's plenty of stuff that we just don't even talk about that has you know big i don't know repercussions is the right word but like feels as big emotionally
0: or plot wise or whatever. that is absolutely not true but my marvelous here is the podcast and reading club where we go through the history kind of, of Marvel comics from its origins to today reading all the best and most essential comics zach there's zero percent <laughs> chance that those comics are not on the list. Thank I you, mean, Winter
2: continue. Soldier, right? Like, the Winter Soldier stuff that we just read, those are just some Captain America comics. Like, I, I can see a world in which that got turned into, like, the, you know, the Winter Soldier arc or event, and then there was a bunch of tie-ins to that, and it was an event, because it feels as big and momentous as anything else. Um, you know, maybe it's not as cross-Marvel, right? I, I yeah, think that I mean, I,
0: th- I think... You're right in terms of there can be stories in ongoing books that feel as big or more effectively even play with the tapestry of the Marvel Universe, and there's a... But just I guess just the the behind-the-scenes reality is an event is whatever Marvel tells us an event is, right? Yeah, right.
2: That's my point.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's them dictating, no, this is the event book. I think the biggest difference, to my mind, is setting the expectation... That when they tell us that, that that means it is driving whatever the core central narrative of the universe may be through certain portions of books. And I think House of M actually delivers on that promise, right? It actually delivers on the promise of...
2: Repercussions.
0: Core Marvel Universe repercussions are the 198, our decimation, um, are the Avengers, you know, kind of moving past their Wanda problem, sort of, kind of, right? Um, that's, that's the biggest difference. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're right in that it is a manufactured, it, it does not become event because fans are so on board that it, it's so great that they say, oh, what an event. It becomes an event because Marvel said, here's your event this summer. Yeah. Right.
2: Well, I mean, like, I'm just looking at this year alone, young Avengers, which we just talked about. I feel like Young Avengers feels like it could potentially be event-sized, right? Like, it crosses over with the Avengers, a bunch of new yeah. characters. Kang is wiping out reality. Reality's crumbling around them. It feel- could feel event-sized. In that, like, decision feels arbitrary. I mean, House of M, you're right. Like, House of M feels like a big event. By the end of it, if you skipped House of M and you jumped into X-Men post-House of M, you'd be like, all right, well, I missed something. Something went on. Whereas, like, I'm sure that's not true of a lot of events, like... Especially recently where they're doing, what, like six a year, four a year?
0: Something well, like and this that. is something I actually really like about this era, and it's something that I consistently reference as a positive, is there is a central narrative. There mm-hmm. is a through yeah. line of these events. Whether they work fantastically as their own stories or not, there's a clear, like, driven vision for how they shape uh, a version of Marvel Comics, Mm-hmm. right and i think that is it makes everything feel interconnected in the way that assured universe suggests that it can um and like you know i think when you actually boil it down and you get into the reality of it it's like well how is this going to affect incredible hulk and it's like it's probably not you know like you can go through all sorts of books that are unaffected quote unquote by this and that's fine but you want to give the sense of interconnectivity because it just makes everything feel kind of more important um and and if there's, if you have that feeling about Marvel Comics as, like, a whole universe, uh, I just think it's, I don't know, it, it just makes things more exciting to me, I guess. Um, it's funny
2: because that's, like, how, you know, I talk about uh, the MCU, right? Like, Yeah, sure. With the, the little, you know, oh, this is a Spider-Man movie. Doctor Strange is a main character in a Spider-Man movie. Like, magic is a through line of this spider-man movie oh like that that's the stuff that makes the mcu feel like it's doing something that you know you couldn't do with superhero movies 10 years ago that they really launched It is exciting to me more than like the big event stuff so yeah no i get it it just i think with superhero comics there's also there's just way more of that knowledge of like okay they're you know what is this really affecting the fantastic four (laughs) with right and almost like the fact that they decide to loop in some of those characters is frustrating because it's like you know for inferno there's plenty of ongoing series that just never acknowledged inferno right and i think we talked about this like nesenti i think told us this with the events where uh they would be like editorially pitched like we're doing this event who wants to bring you know their toys to the yard like who wants to play in this event and then the people who thought they had something to bring to it could and then you know probably whoever was writing fantastic four I i don't remember but didn't do inferno stuff right um but like having <laughs> you look at these house of war tie house of m tie-ins and like there's so many wild ones here um like you know miss marvel and black panther or cable and deadpool get you know house of m tie-ins like Masters of Evil. There's a Civil War House of M tie-in. Excuse me. (laughs) That that one's one's that's an all-time
0: event crossover classic. Yeah, that's really (laughs) get two names in one. Yeah, Yeah, no, it's it's a conversation we're gonna keep having because you know the events are only gonna get bigger and more common from here. I think House of M is like is actually representative to me of a version of how I like Marvel events to work. If I'm being honest, it is. It's a thing that was set up in a previous event. It continues a central narrative. There's a clear core, and there's real repercussions, whether you like them or not. Um, one thing I just I want to say that we somehow have not mentioned: we talked all Bendis, we talked all plot. We have not mentioned Olivier Coipel once. Charlotte, how did well, it? I
1: think Coipel. Pretty good. Nope. No, no <laughs> Dave had it. Dave had you. it best. Well, Olivier uh,
0: So I really like the interiors of this mm-hmm. event. I think Wapple does a yeah. uh, fantastic job. This is the first the first uh probably comic I can remember where I had um uh cover dissatisfaction or, or how do I what's a better term for this? Um I had oh, cover dissatisfaction. I, <laughs> it's no, no. I, like I, like 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 was, I was I was outfoxed by the covers because you pick this oh, up mm-mm. and you see the Eastward ribbage cover. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, "Oh, sweet, the book's going to look like this." And then you open it, and it's a totally different style. And I am now at a place where I really like Olivier Quappel's uh, style, and I think it's great in these pages. But when I read it the first time, I was—I remember feeling severe disappointment that it wasn't Ribic, who I did not even know at that time. Do either of you connect with this feeling? Yeah, sometimes, but
2: I—I I think I just knew it was not Ribbic interiors, so I didn't have that—you uh, know—I didn't have a rug pull this time.
1: Yeah, I don't really have that often. Most recently with. Um... They just did this week a Batman Santa Claus special <laughs> yeah. with like cover by Dan Mora who drew Klaus with Greg Morrison uh-huh. like <gasps> uh, Whoa, Santa Claus origin comic that's great read it please but like the interior isn't Dan Mora which I was so disappointed yeah by. and the the <laughs> interiors yeah. look good right like it's not a criticism but I was like oh I I hoped okay never mind <laughs> this, <laughs> is <laughs> the, yeah. this is the this so is the first time I ever for had that some feeling. Klaus.
0: And I feel insane saying it now because the interiors are fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, it's the first time I ever remember feeling it.
2: It's really good. Like his, his art, who I don't know if we've seen
0: Quapples' uh, well, art before. we're going
1: to see it again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. For it's a while. Good. Yeah.
0: I, one of the uh, one of the most striking panels he draws to me, which I did not notice in the first, you know, probably two times I read the series. So they gather all the heroes to go battle Genosha and go battle Magneto in the House of M, right? And there's going to be a big superhero fight And there's a big splash page of all the soups that they gathered into battle. And one of them is Jennifer Walters, the She-Hulk. I don't think we see She-Hulk in any previous appearances. I don't think she has a single line of dialogue. Um, Maybe she's in some of the tie-ins. But she's here joining the battle. One of her boobs is full out. She is going into battle with one boob loose. And... It just made me smile so hard. <laughs> it was like <laughs> such it was such a funny uh idea, I thought. And Frank I'm sure it's just the classic right cheesecake we're trying to show cleavage and it's just it's an accident kind of thing. But I, I actually really love the idea of Jen being so focused on the battle ahead that it's like sometimes a boob slips out. What what am I gonna do? Yeah. Zip up? Like I'm I'm busy here. It actually made me very happy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> i'm looking for it now i don't i don't see it yet i bet you are <laughs>
0: yeah what issue are. is
1: this for research purposes
0: uh seven <laughs> or eight it's gotta be cool I thanks think. uh yeah good charlotte episode. oh boy awesome. i'll continue from here um but yeah, yeah Dave, no it i away. think it's charlotte i don't know charlotte where do you knit out like good event bad event whatever great arts just yeah.
1: absolutely love what you go gonna... and by the way like good at comedy uh, like I mean, there's not that much of it, but like I noticed, like two or three instances of just like visual background comedy. I sent one of it to you, uh, to you guys on on the chat. Just like in the background, uh, Luke Cage punching Toad, and like Toad having like big uh, dumb eyes of just like being uh, getting uh, I don't know hammered. Yeah. Um. Like he does that uh, here and there. There's also one of um. Leila Miller panicking because of what she has to, of like uh, being overwhelmed by her mission and everything revolving, uh-huh. like relying on her, and she has like a big goofy face where she has like four different hours because she's waving her arms around and like being panicky. Like that's the kind of visual, like a reliance on visuals to play out a joke or like a gag that doesn't happen often in Marvel, yeah. especially yeah. not in this kind of events. So, like, that's something I really appreciated about. Like, it doesn't happen that much, but I really appreciated the few times where it happens. And, like, I think, like, Olivier Quartel kind of becomes, like, a, a, a center of Marvel style, yeah. right, for the for the next few years. Um, and I think, like, he's really... really good. We're going to see him on Thor. We're going to see him on a, on a few other things. I, I really, really love, love his stuff. I, as... Oh, I mean, ahead. the
2: No More Mutants moment is not just, um, iconic, like, the the moment of, you know, what's practically happening, or even just the line is not just iconic, it's that panel, right? The panel of her lips saying that, the close-up of the lips, like, I think that is to his credit, that, like, the way, I mean, probably yeah. Bendis, Bendis might have, you know, instructed him, but, like, that, uh... The way that that plays out, and I mean, it's even become a meme, right? Like, I think it's such, like, an iconic moment, which is funny, because it's like, I know about that moment, I know its impact, and it still kind of, like, hits hard, mm-hmm. like, just because, like, that that the visuals really sell that moment, even if I'm a little mystified as to why it's happening.
0: I do want to talk um, about the actual normal mutants of it all. I mean, I think it's a thing that, retrospectively, a lot of X-Men readers are mad about, probably still, even to this day. Um, I'm not one of those readers, definitely. Uh, in that I don't read X-Men comics, and I probably ne- never, will. never have. Never. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no. In in that this this did not bother me at the time, and I can see why mutant fans would be bothered by. Take out the the metaphor implications of it, I think, and look at it purely as superhero storytelling. like a driver of drama, yeah. Yeah, and a driver of drama. I think on those terms, I'm like, okay, what are those stories going to be? And I think part of the reason that feels kind of like smart for Marvel at this point in time is you come out of the 90s, mutants own everything. they're, They're selling a million books, but they are getting tedious and more and more boring all the time through the late 90s, right? Charlotte, you and I did those episodes. Yep. It was tough. It was rough times. Then you have the Morrison quietly collaborator run and it freshens it up. But you get to the end of that and it's like Marvel wants to move on. They're immediately retconning the Magneto stuff. And it is a moment where it's it is kind of like, OK, you have Astonishing X-Men. Yes. Relaunching them as a superhero franchise. But I think, you know, one of the things that that is trying to do is trying to hone in on like, you know, oh, we have six mutants that people care about. Right. Right. Um, or six core team mutants. And it's really just trying to decrease the sprawling canvas. I think that's a thing that some X-Men readers love. Sometimes I do too. Um, but setting them up with this, like, they are an endangered species now premise. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. It's complicated, like but it's idea. interesting.
0: And it's yeah. it's something that we actually haven't really seen, you know? Um, and I, again, there are a lot of arguments I think from readers who would be like, "No, this was terrible." Here's why it shouldn't happen. Uh, I just I don't fall in that camp, and I actually, I, whatever problems X Men comics have, I don't think stem from this. Generally speaking, the the yeah. like
2: the the conceit that like potentially a villain could come in in one fell swoop and finish off the mutants has never felt more you know like plausible yeah i think like I, I don't know if they're gonna sell that i don't know if they're gonna lean into that um but that's like what i walked away immediately being like they're so vulnerable now right like it feels vulnerable so that's what i mean when i'm like i don't know how they got here but like at least what it sets up plot wise i'm kind of interested and you know what here, here's another thing about them calling it an event and like the marketing of it and the build up to it as i am judging this way more harshly right like you you kind of come to it with the expectations uh of this big. But like Endgame, right? You Walking into Endgame with mm. big expectations, right? And then if it turns out to be like, oh, that was okay. That was fine. Like, it was a kind of a decent Bendis Avengers comic, you know, that feels worse <laughs> than if it was just a decent Avengers comic, you know? Yeah. Avengers 7 through 15 or whatever. Um, so, you know, there, there's certainly a level of, like, higher scrutiny um, given to to the comic. But no, I think was fine. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, that sounds crazy after all this conversation. You know, I, I read it in 45 minutes and I had an okay time. Like,
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, just to say my opinion it, it's fine, it's it's good, but it's good in a blockbuster, like, big Avengers story way, not in a, like, exploring the mutant metaphor and, like, having big themes about society in the way, like, I think that would have made it a great event. But I think, like, it's just a fun blockbuster event that's, like, like you said, Dave, the three first issues are really good at, like, keeping you, like, making you interested in that world and, like, keeping you interested in the story and what's happening and making big moves. And I think those big moves kind of, like, peter off uh, after that. Yeah. But, I yeah, I think it's, like, a really fun blockbuster event that's, once again, like, really, really helped by the art. Um, I think the yeah. art is a of... Which they lot should of, I mean, Marvel yeah.
0: blockbuster event should be... Absolutely. Here's our best storyteller.
1: But, like, I think yeah. the art helps, to me, makes this feel better and more memorable than Avengers Disassembled. Avengers but I don't think it's actually that much better, if it is. I think, like, those are pretty much on the same level to me. Mm. But just the art elevates House of M so much.
0: That's actually a tough yeah. ranking. Zach, where do you fall on that one? I don't know. Both of them, yeah, are very similar to
2: me. I, I think... I don't know. I'd have to look at disassembled again. I like there's Gardens there's
0: world, no there's no obvious like, this one. Versus yeah, that. One that for was, you. No, yeah, no. I mean, I think that's I, I guess
2: I guess I walk away from this one being more interested in where it's heading. Avengers disassembled. I wasn't like, oh no, what are, what's Tony Stark gonna do with his days now? I think there's <laughs> like, a lot more meat on
0: the bone yeah. for
2: House of M. It, you know, I think there's because Avengers more I didn't on. On. care about. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right. And it's and it's
0: much. it involves probably more characters that I'm interested in to begin with. Yeah. Um,
2: right, here here's uh two things one uh dave readers looked saw that dave didn't sufficiently explore the uh repercussions of this and decided to (laughs) to insert an entire episode um well i don't know dave what are you are you scoffing at our readers our diligent readers for uh shoring up the list we we weren't reading any x-men uh the follow-up of the x-men comics right
0: that's not true at all the first episode of 2006 part one uh-huh. is a X-Men. decimation it... episode and the, yeah, the second part new avengers is follow-up to house of m yeah but it's not like it's not literally the book x-men yeah exactly That's what I mean. <laughs> It's what you our,
2: read. our thoughtful readers saw dave's flaws his weaknesses his oversight his lack of uh... oh boy pouring it on thick his lack of, let me see, uh, respect for comics. All right, here's what you're asking for,
0: and I'm just going to say it. Our readers yeah. are a bunch of Nimrods. Every it's one a bunch of, of every... them. Every <laughs> single one of them, a Nimrod. Uh, and I'm not talking about the Sentinel, baby. So we are,
2: oh, okay. You're talking about, like, the Elmer Fudd version. Yep. Elmer um, Fudd version? Well, oh, of, like, of, of, Fudd, of a doofus.
0: Fudd, uh, I thought you were talking about, like, yeah, yeah. a Tom King written comic where Elmer Fudd is a Nimrod <laughs> hunting mutants. And boy, would I read that. Our, our listeners
2: we have a couple of patreon backers who added an entire episode this is our uh, first season.
0: patreon added yeah. episode don't get um, any ideas okay don't like they get had any ideas. really they yeah. had to really twist our
2: arms for this it we're, fe- we're
0: clearly feeling stuff. in the holiday spirit we're recording this around mm-hmm. uh the holidays here in the states and um are, <laughs> in the, states. are the holidays the
2: same time out- yeah yeah <laughs> charlotte when's christmas for you <laughs> We should have Christmas in the middle of June here. Middle of June, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We forgot. That, that song, Do They Know
0: It's Christmas Time, uh, is about we don't. Charlotte. It's actually about time <laughs> yeah. zones. Yeah, it's about yeah, yeah. like how complicated they are. Uh, but no, anyway, our, our, yeah, we're, so the we're going to do back to back Decimation episodes. That's how, that's how much. So if you're like, I don't like House of M, I don't like how it ended, it's only going to get worse for you. We're doing two episodes in a row talking uh, Decimation Fallout. Well, but I, exciting, I actually do think there's, there's enough meat on the bones there. I think it'll be interesting. um plenty plenty of different angles
2: uh, it's peter milligan and uh mike carey right like both of uh both which are writers that i like um so Mm -hmm. i'm curious Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. to jump into that yeah um the other thing i wanted to bring up is you're uh lambasting me at the beginning of this episode um about not reading tie-ins are we gonna do some of of my some of my
0: politest lambasting yeah i think um 2015
2: when we get there what about secret wars how many tie-ins are you gonna make 2015
0: Let's let's concentrate 2014? on the road ahead of us, which I'm is just ten episodes of 2006 <laughs> ending in civil war. Let's focus on the on the road. Okay, in well front. here's
2: here's civil war. Then on the list, you have civil war one through seven. You've got some lead ins. You got the road to civil war, but the civil war one to seven. You know what? What are we gonna do for tie ins there? Like, well, we're we, gonna do, do civil recommend? war house of M. Yeah, like should I read more, Dave? You know, I mean, you're just gonna say yes, but like. Is it really worth
0: it? As my friend, I you know, think I think we should
1: knows. read Civil War Two as a tie in to Civil War.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Charlotte, don't listen. I'm already mad at Zach. Don't don't get me on your face as well. Sorry. Um, so I've got a Road to Civil War, which is loaded with build-in tie-ins. There's so okay, many so we have a whole episode War, setting yeah. the stage, which actually yeah. I, I think is pretty good stuff. I I, I like those comics. Um, I think the approach to big events for the club. Is going to be here's the event, here are the main issues, here's the reading order. And for those of you who are not cowards, you'll read a bunch of the tines and see what fits, right? But the main club ask, in the interest of keeping it essential and keeping it, you know, um, conversational, be easy. will be the main event, right? Uh, it's not, again, it's anyone complaining or concerned that There's not going to be enough comics on the list. I have always provided where to go, comicbookherald.com, to find the extended cut. Right? Uh, like here's,
2: that. Here's. I found the website I'm looking for. It's called where to start reading.com, and it's really helping me figure out which Civil War tie ins to read. So. And
0: because we know that you're a known coward and liar, mm-hmm. we know yep. you're not reading any of those. I'm going to
2: read let's see Captain America Iron Man that sounds like a good one. I think
0: I do think one thing that we will do um with like Secret Invasion for example uh will be maybe a little more guidance on relevant tie-ins you know
2: Yeah I mean it might literally be nice to know like these Captain America Civil War tie-ins are really good even if you know you don't need to read them like these stand out versus the I don't know the She-Hulk tie-ins
0: I, don't I mean something has... like that though you know cuz the so, like, Captain America is a good example because it's like, okay, this is part of the Brubaker-Epting run, which is a read-it-all yep. run. So, if yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. part of a read-it-all run, yeah, keep reading. Sure. Um, don't start reading Wolverine issue 42 just because it's a tie-in, like, if you weren't reading that run yeah. previously. Um, yeah. Now, that one's actually kind of an interesting tie-in. But, uh, <laughs> 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 I mean, you know, generally speaking, like, when I scroll up and down the list... I, I think Amazing Spider-Man is pretty interesting in this. It, it's kind of like, what are the titles that were kind of already interesting, you know? And yeah. and do they yeah. do yeah. continue to do interesting things with Civil War? It's,
2: it's tough with that, because sometimes you feel like the writers then get, you know, they get yoinked out of their the stories that they want to tell, and they're not like bringing their A-game for the one-off issue that they have to do. They're Books kind of like, generally
0: don't, don't get better, because they're now tied into an event. Yeah. Um, kind of best case is they might keep going at a, at a good clip. Yeah. You know, Uh, like I think, you know, the JMS era of amazing Spider-Man has a plan through civil war. I would say Um, they know, they know what to do through that era. Uh, Something like, even like a new Avengers actually doesn't really, Um, which, you know, that's a pretty essential run during this era, but the new Avengers civil war thing as like the, the, First and only non-Bendisian event of the decade, basically, uh, they kind of don't matter as much. So yeah, it'll it's, be interesting just to varies. talk about, yeah,
2: like who who once we get through a little more of this, who adapts to the events, who brings you know, like find something
0: uh, interesting to hone in on, right? Like I mean, there are writers that me, are great so. at it. I mean, we talked about this yeah, with Clermont in sure. the '80s. Clermont is a great tie-in writer. Made Secret I Wars mean, two matter. Right, he like was that's... orchestrating
2: his own tie-ins, though. Right, like he was viewing it as a big tapestry. I'm sure, like that. That does seem to. I'm sure that would be the case if the main event, right? if Bendis is writing spin-offs to House of M, I'd trust more. Yeah, than that's I would, always like, the case. Want to be reading those? You,
0: you know? always want to read the architect of the event. You always want to read their tie-ins sure. to their own thing. They tend to be the most relevant. Um, I, so. I would say the all-time best tie-in writers are Chris Claremont and Al Ewing. Hmm. Um, I'm not oh, sure yeah, there's baby. an obvious third. And
2: the Senti for those Inferno
0: ones, really, they stand out like this. And the Infinity Gauntlet sure, yeah. Spider-Man yeah. issues, really damn good too. That's a dark horse yeah. pick. I like that.
2: Huh?
0: I haven't, haven't heard.
2: Well, you just
0: did it. I didn't do it.
2: <laughs> you made it. So...
0: <laughs>
2: you just mentioned something, and then we're like, I like, I like
0: choosing that pick. You mentioned her. So, what it, what the... are you talking about? Gaslighting me? No, my I face. was talking about Daredevil, Charlotte. Inferno. Which of us <laughs> mentioned Andisenti? <laughs> I said and Andisenti's
2: Inferno, and then you. <laughs> Never mind.
0: And then I do- and then I doubled down and said, Great pick. Good job thinking of Andes. Uh, okay, okay. I thought what are you, you talking were saying
2: Andesentie's Spider Man. Ooh, that's a great pick. Smart pick. Oh, it's like <laughs> I was one up
0: it's like I was taking down your no no, I was I was adding to yours by saying and no, no, Andesenti also had like... a great Spider Man
2: pick. Yeah, yeah. You choosing somebody and then being like, Wow, that's a really clever pick. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't choose it you did. Ah. I know. I understand, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I apologize in front of our listeners and you, and uh, we should wrap this up.
1: <laughs> I've got nothing more to say about it ben. Charlotte,
0: <laughs> final thoughts mm. on House of M, where we're going, anything?
1: Great art. It is... I don't there is still something really exciting about this era of events and then leading into one another on a very, like, just blockbuster, pure superhero excitement level. Like, that's something that just like, like scratches my brain. Um. Yeah, and yeah, I'm excited to see what goes next. Also, although like I guess
0: where it goes next is
1: I don't know where it goes next is Civil War, but that's always
0: felt it is more and it isn't. It is and it isn't right. Like that's next year's event, but there's but it's a not lot a Bendis event, so
1: it know. feels like it's on a different not timeline, but in on a different railroad, right? Yeah. Um. So that's that's good. It'll be interesting to revisit Civil War because that's. Kind of a similar thing to House of M for me. It's been a while since I've read it, and then Annihilation, I've never read at all, and I'm really excited for like that era you of Marvel that. Cosmic, yeah. which I'm like fully. I think that's like yeah, I think we talked about it a few times, but it's like a big blind spot for me that like 2000s era of Marvel Cosmic from from Annihilation to Guardians of the Galaxy, Wolf Kings, all that stuff. Um, and I'm really excited to get to that. Okay, to, you're gonna to that stuff.
0: You're gonna actually have to do the full reading order for Annihilation, Ooh. if you've never touched oh. it before. Because there's a lot of meat on the bone, and I think you'll actually Hell enjoy yeah. a good chunk of it.
1: Okay.
2: Um, Charlotte, closing thoughts about House of Z? How are you feeling about um, the future that I've uh, set up for you?
1: I'm so glad it's finally over, and we never have to think about it again. Um, well, I'm, got, I, like, like When I least. came <laughs> back to the real world, <laughs> I kind of works. like, you know, you know how at the end of House of M, like, Peter is so mad he has to remember his life in in the House of M and, like, just yeah. punches a table. Um, Like, I'm that way, except, like, I'm so mad I'm going to force Doctor Strange too, to make me
0: forget.
2: Mm, okay.
0: Can we give shouts to Doctor Strange for being the most useless sort <laughs> of He's the worst, yeah. Like, just beyond useless. I oh, People boy. are like, oh, Ben just hates Wanda or something like that. No, the character he actually hates <laughs> is Stephen Strange. <laughs> I don't think any writer actually hates a character. I want to be clear that I'm being facetious. Uh, but... Like boy, does Doctor. Strange suck in these books? Does nothing, uh Zach, I do want to ask you before we let everyone go what what was the house of Zed like what where were you going for? Oh, uh, it's just that you two are pregnant with my... yeah, but like how does that how does that connect to the house of him? just an alternate reality the if you, you crafted ask the way
1: Zach alternate reality the, the immediate first thing he thinks about is like everyone's pregnant with his <laughs> clones, clones of him, okay. Yeah. Yeah okay yeah. now we know Which, i just want
2: i mean, two. basically they, the world is
1: the same but there's two more kids in they, just like that them, makes zach <laughs> mr sinister right that's like the whole mr sinister
2: oh no, <laughs> oh wait we have to sorry sorry excalibur excalibur this had the panel right this is, oh yeah this this had a noteworthy panel the big put oh, it back showing. moment
0: is the sugar going
2: no <laughs> oh my god i forgot God, about that because that, that's an
0: insane thing to say to a woman who just gave birth that's like yes know. that one that did not yes. go well for it... me on baby one didn't go well for me on baby two and it got I'm even worse put it
2: back <laughs> So funny. Back. no 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 this had the panel of showing um mr sinister as like a nazi geneticist yeah in like the concentration camps which is be- this has caused so much discourse you know 20 years later sure uh where you know later people want to be like all right mr sinister's allied with uh different characters and people are like he's literally a nazi because of this one panel that claremont put in here um i just want to point that out because i think it's a really interesting example of like what you know we can hand wave away and when we should just hand wave away stuff that never gets drilled down on like it kind of makes sense here and then it never comes up again as far as i know um you know, it kind of makes sense, like this guy who's obsessed with genetics. Uh, I think it links in thematically here, but then, you know, I, I just saw, I've seen this panel referenced a ton in the future. Um, there is a context
0: such... to it, though, where it is like, sure, yeah. remember how we yeah. talked about? We don't know what here is real and what here is. Yeah, you know what I mean? Good, like, yeah. there's a, there's like a dream-like manipulated reality to all of this. Um, yeah. So yeah, it is. It, it, yeah, it's weird how, but like. How but reference it gets that has become? I, I do think yeah. you know you can see exactly what Claremont is thinking. It's not like it's a sure. stretch. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, totally, it, it makes sense. But it's it's funny when these things get plucked out to then be used as like slam dunks of like yeah, oh, uh, you, Mister Sinister is one of your favorite characters, a literal Nazi geneticist.
0: Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, like, well, and then you have Sinister the speed. weird, you have the weird other thing where you know people are like I can, I can tolerate you know murdering and manipulating mutants but working mm-hmm. with the nazis is where you know or like like you know then you have the or like or like joker famously in uh in the amalgam universe i think or or in a maybe it's a it, whatever you call well, it it's such a dumb panel right and joker like is like beating up the red skull and he's and joker and people are like yeah like joker you know he does a lot of bad things but he'd never work with a nazi right and it's like <laughs> he, i think the exact words normal. are
1: like I may be a madman, but I'm an American madman, which is uh, like, yeah, yeah, oh, boy, name. such a bad Joker line. Joker is such known a bad for his yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly.
2: So <laughs> bad, yeah. It's like these are okay, monsters. Okay, anyway, I, just, an e- I any knew pop. there was something else from Excalibur I had to mention, and that uh, it's it's a notable panel, if you're not aware, uh, or at least it's brought up a lot on, like, yeah. you know, social media arguments. So.
0: Okay. Well, Zach, take all of your audio from this episode and put it back. Put it <laughs> back. <laughs> yeah.
2: What a great line! Um, thank you, thank you both. Good, good conversation. Looking forward to what are we doing next? Uh, I think next week is going to be you two mm-hmm. talking Daredevil and Black mm-hmm. Panther. I wasn't there for that. I got to make time to finish that Daredevil run. I didn't actually read it yet. Yeah, but... worth and finishing. And original Hudlin. I think I'll read that. And then we're going to be talking a Keith Keith Giffen Drax the Destroyer, which Keith Giffen big fan of from Justice League. R.I.P. Uh, Runaway. Oh, really? Did he? Was that recent? oh? You re- uh, yeah, the re-
0: last re- last month and a half, yeah.
2: Oh wow. That's sad.
0: Um gonna read the relaunch of Runaways and You a... didn't see Keith Giffen's uh death notice? Maybe, he had maybe. his family he told it he asked his family, like he knew it was coming, and he had them post to his Facebook page. I told them I was sick. Anything to get out of going to New York Comic Con. Wahaha. That's right, Yes. And it, he, he did his own <laughs> obit with a joke. Ge- it's so incredible i mean rip it's really really sad that he's gone but like what an incredible way to go amazing (laughs) just
2: one last slam to comic book nerds (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's really good um oh yeah RIP. anyway uh we're wrapping up we're gonna be wrapping up 2005 pretty soon and then yeah 2006 lots of cool stuff coming
0: 2006 is gonna last most of 2024 (laughs) (laughs) It'll it'll be the first like
2: probably we'll be going until april
0: Something like that, April
2: or May. Yeah, yeah, I
0: I would guess our 2024 will be we'll cover the years 2006 and 2007, probably 2008 too. I bet. I that don't know like a chunk of it.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't. it's fine. I think people are happy camping out now that the comics. Oh, are you
0: mother, effer I'm Jeez. looking at 2007. Yeah. What? Number eleven on the yes. shared list. Omega Flight, number one yeah. to number five, Dave's note. Me? This has always been on the list. Zach, you sneaky yeah. it's list right changer. Man, it's always been on the list. <laughs> and it says it's my note, so I must have written that to remind exactly. myself. You sneaky little guy.
2: <laughs> I was wondering. I put that there a lot. Oh time my goodness.
0: Know. That paid off. But it's However, pretty good. Also, right? like
2: no. Think, it's really good comic. No, it's not. <laughs> Actually, I think I put it on when Charlotte mentioned it recently.
0: I'm going to have to withdraw edit access to this. Li- this is getting out. of c- We got Patreon-sponsored episodes. We got Zach ad, and Omega Flight. Craziness. Absolute craziness. I
1: mean, I'm adding the the whole gillen if we can do anything we
0: want. The whole gillen.
2: <laughs> well, Charlotte, you do have a Fierro's Heroes or, or... Oh, yeah. Whatever or whatever we're going to call it. it. Yeah, yeah, to do. yeah, yeah, yeah. Why
0: do don't it. you do whatever year you Absolutely. were born coming up? So 2007, 2008, whichever one of those it is. We could do a Heroes <laughs> Heroes.
1: 2006.
2: Yes, I am 16? Our bouncing 16-year-old Charlotte.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. All right, Dave, take us home. Thanks for listening, everybody. My Marvelous Year is brought to you by our sponsors on Patreon.com slash My Marvelous Year. It there for as little as $1 a month. The music for the show is by Disasterpiece. I'm Dave. Don't look for me. I'm not online. Zach, Charlotte, my excellent hosts. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next year. See you you next year.
1: year.